So one of the aspects for looking at John uh, 10 and 11 is that it occurs right before the triumphal entry, which would be Palm Sunday, which begins Holy Week. And we wanted to look back just a little bit further to see what this might or how this might play in what happens during Holy Week. Welcome everyone to podcast number 134, Renew Your Mind. With us today, we have Senior Pastor Paul Gruenberg and we have Associate Pastor Jeremy Taru, who's also our Family and Youth Director. And we also have myself, Dana Hall, as the moderator. Um, today we're going to, we'd like to start preparing for Holy Week and Easter, and we wanted to examine John 10, um, Jesus as as shepherd, and then next, uh, the last half of John 10, the unbelief of the Jews. Um, but before we dive into that, we just wanted to talk a little bit, how, um, I'll throw it out to both pastors. How is John different from the other three gospels? Um, so the the other three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those are called the synoptic gospels, mm-hmm. which synoptic kind of means seen together. So those three describe uh, many of the same events. So they, they can be kind of read even in parallel. Um, and that some of the events are told from a little bit different perspective, but they, they kind of coincide where the gospel of John is the one that's very distinct from the rest of the three. Mm-hmm. And John reveals things that the other three do not. Okay. So uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the synoptics, they are, the, the understanding scholarly wise is that they use the same source called Q. That's just, it was a, I believe a German letter that they used. I'm not sure. But Q is the source for Matthew, Mark, Luke, which all have distinctives in themselves. Matthew's writing to a Jewish audience. Mark is primarily concerned with the miracles. And then uh, Luke is a historian's perspective. And then John comes in and, and for lack of better words, oftentimes is seen as the spiritual gospel. Mm-hmm. We'll talk in terms uh, more in terms of theology or kind of the mystic uh, perspective of who Jesus was and is. Uh, Jeremy and I were just sharing, uh, it's in John that Jesus uses the I am statements and seems uh, John reveals Jesus as the Messiah in different ways using these I am statements. Mm -hmm. And then also through other things we'll see in uh, the gospel uh, when we look at it. Yeah, and when when you look at the beginning of those four gospels, like Matthew and Luke kind of begin with genealogies and then the historical account. Mark kind of dives right into the historical account. But like Pastor Paul said, John kind of starts theologically mm-hmm. about Jesus mm-hmm. um, being, you know, the word made flesh and the word was from the beginning. The word was with God and the word was God. So he he kind of in a theological way, he's describing that Jesus has always existed as God mm-hmm. and he became flesh and dwelt among us. John uses a lot of um, talk about the love of God and Jesus being the light. He's like the love and light, um, one of the apostles it seems. So yeah, so some, those are some of the the distinctives. Okay, all right, that that helps, uh, helps us to understand it better 
before we dive in. And just one other question. You said the synaptic, um, you said seen together. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's basically what the word synaptic means is, is okay. kind of seen together or so, in parallel sort of. Okay, so Matthew, Mark, and Luke mm-hmm. are seeing the same things in parallel. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Okay, so if we turn to John, we wanted to dive into John 10. Um, There's actually verses one through 21 that speak about the shepherd and his flock. Um, What should we learn about these scriptures? What are the things that we should take away as we prepare for Holy Week? So one of the aspects for looking at John uh, 10 and 11 is that it, occurs right before the triumphal entry, which would be Palm Sunday, which begins Holy Week. And we wanted to look back just a little bit further to see what this might or how this might play in what happens during Holy Week. Mm-hmm. So if you if you were to look at John 10, John 10 comes off the heels of Jesus healing a, a blind man. And the Pharisees are there, and it says uh, in John 9, 35, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, being the blind man uh, from the synagogue. And when uh, he found out, he asked, let's see, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus says, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking to you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. And right there, right in that act of worshiping him is acknowledging that he's God because it is, uh, was it the second or third commandment? Uh, You shall not worship any other God. I am the Lord your God. No, that's one. Two is idols. Three is, uh, anyway, uh, he worshiped him, and that in itself is an act of blasphemy for a Jew to worship any other person. Mm-hmm. All right. But Jesus receives it. He doesn't say, No, you cannot do that. You know, when John, uh, or even in the Old Testament, when somebody falls in front of an angel to worship him because they're magnificent or the presentation that how they present themselves, they would say, No. Don't worship me, right? Mm-hmm. But Jesus yeah. doesn't say that. Yeah, he receives the worship. Okay, and and so right now we're in John nine. Under we're just getting into John yeah, 10. just getting yeah. into John ten verses um, like thirty five through thirty eight. Well, right to the end, and Jesus in thirty nine says, "For judgment, I have come and into the this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind." So the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. So the question then becomes, who who is he referencing? Mm -hmm. Well, in verse 40, some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, what are we blind to? Huh. Hmm. Jesus says, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. Mm -hmm. I, I just love how he... Um, will take what somebody says and uh, use that Mm -hmm. to really depict who they are. Mm -hmm. And then he goes in right away and begins telling this uh, parable of the shepherd and his flock. And 
And I tell you the truth, a man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman, who is God, opens the gate for him, the the shepherd, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has, uh, here we go. When he has brought them out, out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. And, and you know, that's, that's really striking because uh, as Christians today, we want to follow Jesus, but do we know his voice? Yeah. And verse three says, the sheep hear his voice or the sheep listen to his voice. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's a question, I, we're all hearing his voice, but do we recognize that mm-hmm. or are we paying attention? Yeah. You know, which oftentimes we don't because mm-hmm. we get our in yeah. in the, the way of ourselves. Um, Absolutely. So, so Jesus is setting us up, right? He's mm-hmm. setting up the Pharisees and those who are listening, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And then the, John writes, Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. I mean. When we read the gospel today and we don't understand or, or there's something we don't understand, it's not new. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone has to, to listen, to hear, and then there's discussion. You know, we've got volumes and commentaries um, galore that talk about, you know, what does Jesus mean here or what, what's he mm-hmm. saying? But then he, then he starts getting uh, into some specific stuff here. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All whoever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. And uh, recall uh, that many claimed to be the Messiah throughout throughout, uh, the time. Um, There would be others who would claim to be the Messiah, but they wouldn't be able to do the things that Jesus did. So there were a lot of... Were there a lot of individuals that claimed to be the Messiah? At times. Okay. At times. And one quick question. The audience are the Pharisees, but who else is in the audience? The disciples might be there. The blind man certainly was probably standing right there. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Um, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. And there's, see, there's the gauntlet, right? Mm -hmm. Whoever enters through me, he's saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. Uh, he will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief only comes, thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. I have come that they may have life, and have it to the full. And you know, Jesus is acknowledging that there's a thief, there's the evil one mm-hmm. that wants to kill us, to destroy us, to get us off our game. And again, I think in Christ, Christian circles there is debate about whether the devil even exists or if there is an evil one, uh, someone who is trying to get us off our game. You know, that's the, that's the great story, right? In any movie you watch, in any story, there's always a antagonist um, who will try to get you off or get the main character away from whatever the goal of the story is. Mm-hmm. And that creates that creates tension, right? Yeah, and no doubt Satan wants nothing more than for believers to 
not believe that he's real or that he's actually doing anything. Right. He, you know, he doesn't, he would be very happy if we didn't acknowledge him. Because then there's yeah, no then we real evil. Caught, yeah. mm-hmm. Let's see. It goes on to say, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. And that was really interesting when I read that because who's the hired hand then? Is he referencing someone in particular? And it, and it would be. He's referencing the, the leaders uh, of the oh. um, Jewish people. Yeah. They're the hired hands. Okay. Uh, the hired hand, not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, the hired hand, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep, which is really telling. So then what do, what do the leaders care about? Right. Themselves, to be yeah. seen and to be, yeah. yeah. That's yep. power well, and power. Yeah. Yep. To be seen control. and power, control. Uh, and then Jesus says, you know, I am the good shepherd. And what's really interesting about him using this language is shepherds were a necessity, mm-hmm. but it wasn't necessarily um climbing the corporate ladder. Mm-hmm. If you were a shepherd, you weren't necessarily the, uh, I don't want to say looked down upon, but you know. You weren't prestigious or, no. uh, yeah. Yeah, God seems to love that metaphor though. Mm-hmm. I think of the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. We're just reading in Ezekiel chapter 34, where God's saying, um, I will be a shepherd to Israel, my flock. Mm-hmm. He does love that that visual, mm-hmm. and it's it's just and it's perfect. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. You think about a shepherd. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd protects, you know, feeds, provides, leads, cares for, you know, all these things that and Christ that does showing, for us, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And really, the shepherd has a voice that the sheep will hear mm-hmm. and obey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there's that aspect. The sheep weren't look looked at as some type of a marvelous flock. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just dumb animals. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when we talk about us being sheep, it's it's <laughs> not necessarily the uh cream of the crumb, cream de la crumb. <laughs> so. Yeah, and it's it's you know. It's striking Jesus is not only a good shepherd, he's also the gate. He's both. And so you can only enter into the pastures of life through the gate, which is him. Mm-hmm. And then he's there as the shepherd to lead you. To lead you. So he's right. both, right? So then he gets into this interesting aspect. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. So there are a couple of things there. He's already talking about how he's laying down his life. I mean, think in terms of God coming down and living with humanity. Mm -hmm. He's laying down his life, but I think this is a precursor to the cross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then also this language, I know the Father and the Father knows me. And I know know the Father, the Father knows me and I know the Father. And uh, that's, again, one of those statements that I think gets him into trouble. And let's see what what how they re- react. Uh, I have other sheep that are not of this pen. He's referring to the Gentiles. I must 
bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. Interestingly, again, Mm -hmm. no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. Again, there's that intimacy with the father. Mm -hmm. Um, At these words, the Jews were divided. Many of them said he is demon possessed and raving mad. At least they believed in demons, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Raving man, why listen to him? But others said, These are not sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Again, remember, this is coming off of him healing a blind man. Mm -hmm. Yep. Then came the Feast of Dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple area walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews gathered around him saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. So he's been alluding to it in different ways up to this point uh, with I am statements, I am the bread of life, um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, Again, uh, and then Jesus answers, I did tell you, but you do not believe. Yeah, I, I love that. He's saying, I did, but you did not believe. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to say, the miracles I do in my father's name speak for me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. man, to be told that by the Messiah. Yikes. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Did you? I give them eternal life. Well, only God can give eternal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. And then again. I and the Father are one. Talk about blowing your mind. And then Pretty the stones funny. come out. <laughs> and then they pick up stones. They're uh, ready to stone him. But Jesus said, um, I have shown you many great miracles from the Father, from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? What can you do? Uh, there was one scripture, I can't remember where it's at. Uh, how could he do such things if he were not sent from the Father or from from God? Mm-hmm. We're not stoning you for any of these, replied the Jews, but for the for blasphemy because you, a mere man, claim to be God. They understood that he was they claiming did. to be God. When he said, I and the Father are one, they knew exactly what he was saying. Mm-hmm. He was saying, I am God, and they recognized that. That's why they wanted to stone him mainly. Mm-hmm. So is it not written in your law, I have said you are gods? If he called them gods to whom, and this is referencing Psalm 82, 6. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and scripture cannot be broken, what about the one to whom the father sets apart as his very own and sent into the world? Now, remember, they were looking for the Messiah, the one that was going to be sent from God. Mm -hmm. They were constantly evaluating all these other messiahs that claimed to be the messiah and found them wanting. But Jesus is not going to be found wanting. 
Um, what do you mean by that? They they wouldn't be able to truly demonstrate that they were the Messiah. Okay. Um, one of the things that Jesus, not only did he do miracles, but he spoke with authority in a mm-hmm. way that people had not heard before. Mm-hmm. Yep. And in speaking with that authority, I would imagine the other Messiahs may have had some maybe authoritative voice, but not like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see. And then you do, accuse, uh, let's see. My father sent me into the world. Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy? Because I said, I am God's son. Do not believe unless I do what my, do not believe me unless I do what my father does. But if I do it, even though you do not believe me, believe the miracles that you may learn and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. Again, they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. So one of the reasons we wanted to look at this particular chapter is is this is setting us up for what the um, people in authority, the Jewish leaders want to do with Jesus, and that's to get him out of their hair mm-hmm. uh, because he's be- rabble rouser. Um, he's really turning, turning everything on its head uh, as far as, you know, the sacrificial system. Mm-hmm. You know, what is he going to ask for that? Is he going to take, you know, if you're the high priest and this is the Messiah, you're out of a job. You know, all of a sudden you're threatened and you don't want that to happen, but they see him as a mere man. But there again, I believe there's that tension because we do have some of the the leadership uh, following him. We know Nicodemus does. We know Joseph of Arimathea does. And there had to be several other Jewish teachers, leaders, Pharisees even, who would then uh, follow Jesus or believe him because they were willing to believe the truth and and not follow, for lack of better words, their leadership. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they oh, many of them, they had an idea in their own mind of what they thought the Messiah should be. Mm-hmm. Like the Messiah should come in power and prestige and be a great military leader who's going to destroy our enemies in Rome. Mm-hmm. And but that that's who they wanted. That's who they, they wanted King David. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when they did not imagine the Messiah being born as a baby in an animal trough in Bethlehem, growing up in Nazareth, which everyone thought was kind of a worthless town mm-hmm. and being, you know, the humble Messiah that Jesus actually is. Mm-hmm. So they had so much trouble with grasping, like, how could this be the Messiah? You know, mm-hmm. I still, I still struggle with, um, even though I understand that part of it, but when Jesus was in their presence, how did they not know? I mean, that's the, I guess that's the, I, I don't know. Well, how do you not know that? Well, it's not like he, you know, and all of the paintings and frescoes where they've got the, Kind of the halo around the you know, head. But you would <laughs> that you would wouldn't think have existed. You'd get that, you know, you would just know. But yeah, I think you do see them also really beginning to operate out of fear. You know, remember they want control and power. Yeah, and I think they become very fearful that he might be the Messiah, and um, but they want to grasp on to what they have. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about the military aspect too. The, yeah. That would be so important. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, 
Wow, I'm kind of speechless. Um, well, just understand that it, it didn't happen in a vacuum. Uh, there were things that Jesus was doing to poke the bear, the bear of the Jewish leadership. Okay. You know, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one who's here in the name of God. In fact, I am God. Yeah. And and that causes the leadership, the Jewish leaders, to have to make decisions. And again, the evil one wants them to somehow get rid of this quote unquote problem mm-hmm. that Jesus has become for them. Because the devil knows that if they follow him, he's in trouble. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, on that note, I think we'll end our podcast. Um, we come to you from the first. United Methodist Church of Gaylord, Michigan, and we are located on 215 South Center Street. We have uh, two services on Sundays, a traditional at 9 a.m. and a contemporary at 1045 a.m., and we'd just love to have you join us in person. Um, If you can't uh, come in person, you can still join us uh, via Facebook Live or YouTube, and um, if you have any questions, you can visit our website, Um, or call the office at 989-732-5380. We're excited about uh, Palm Sunday coming up and Holy Week, and we'll have uh, special events on Holy Week or during Holy Week, Maundy Thursday, April the 6th. We have a white breakfast at 9.30 a.m. We also have a 7 p.m. worship time in the sanctuary later that, that day. On Good Friday, we'll have a worship time at noon. And that's an ecumenical service. So there'll be multiple churches Multiple churches. Thank you for saying that because I always struggle with that word. And um, then on Easter Sunday, we'll have our services, our uh, traditional at 9 a.m. and contemporary at 1045 a.m. And that would be on April the 9th. And we'd just love to have you join us. And I believe there's a brunch in between. Oh, and a brunch in between. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Forgot to mention that. So uh, thanks everyone for listening. And uh, next week we will be talking about John 11. Thanks everyone. Mm -hmm.